Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you pick the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country who still haven't figured out what to give their significant other for Christmas. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune, the advocate and bet.nola.com. I am one of those people. I have not figured out what to get my wife for Christmas. I mean, it is eight days away. Right? I mean, look, Lord knows, she does a vast majority of the Christmas shopping. She knows what to get to make kids happy. Kids aren't happy when it, they don't want daddy to buy a present. I mean, look, daddy buys one or two cool gifts, but if I bought all the presents, they would hate it. This is Datitude episode number 36 or podcast number 36 or whatever. You know what I mean. For a Friday. It is Friday. Next Friday is Christmas Eve. Today is December the 17th, 2021. And Christmas, I mean, I don't want to be a Scrooge. I'm not by a humbug. I love Christmas. In fact, you know, I'm one of those, the kids when they want to watch Christmas special. I mean, the problem is with kids... My kids just want to watch YouTube. I mean, when my 10-year-old my was, was like, when she was two or three, it, worked, it was harder to get YouTube on the TV, so she would watch all the Christmas specials with me. The five-year-old now, she just wants to watch YouTube and A for Adley or whatever the hell that is. Any of y'all with, with kids, especially girls, if you got girls... I guess ages three through seven. I'm sure you know what A for Adley is. I didn't know what it was until about six months ago. But I, I came to find out, and I'm digressing all over the place because it's Friday. But I've come to find out that this little girl YouTuber, her parents have now made millions of dollars making these asinine videos. I mean, just the voices on them make me want to grab the back of my head, pull hair out, scratch a chalkboard, you might as well. But these parents are making millions of dollars with their kids, filming the kids pretending like they're playing doctor in the bedroom or dolls bouncing up and down. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm jealous. Why didn't I think of that? I just got a Datitude podcast talking about local football and other things. I'm bitter. But it's Christmas. I like the old specials. Remember this one? Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Oh, we're just trying to have some fun on Friday morning. Look, I'm not going to waste too much time just chatterboxing about Christmas. You don't want to hear about that, do you? Oh, we can have fun with it. 
We're going to have Zach Ewing on, sports betting director at bet.nola.com, my manager and friend. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, we're gonna talk about lots of things. So the game last night, Kansas City and the Chargers, one of the best games of the year, if you missed it. Uh, we're going to talk about that game brought to mind something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, analytics and their place in football. And how some coaches think that uh, you got this card and it tells you there's a 53% chance you're going to get it on fourth down. You're supposed to go for it. I ain't buying it. I'm glad the Saints don't follow the card. Sean Payton uses common sense most of the time. Um, but there are some coaches in the NFL that, that don't. They just go by the card. It cost the Chargers last night. They went for it on fourth down uh, four times. They got it once. And the one time they got it, they turned it over right after they got the first down. Had they just kicked the field goal on at least two of those for sure, they win the game. One of them, who knows, maybe the game plays out differently. But they could have had a 10-point uh, a lead at the half, and they chose to be well, not smart. Let's put it that way. Also, Zach and I talk about uh, we do a saints uh Bucks preview. Well, I do that with all three of my guests today. Conductor Dave and Uncle Big Nick, also coming on for Five Star Friday. Uh, we'll make our picks of the weekend. I was really good last week. This week's not starting out so great. The Bulls have already started. When Zach and I recorded our segment, it had, they had not. But now, as I record this, I think they just kicked off. So, bowl season has started. And uh, Zach and I get into our college bowl pick em. And um, if you haven't seen it on bet.nola.com, we have, let's see, we have a little contest going on. Zach, Devin Jackson, Spencer the Guru Urquhart, and myself, we pick something for every game. There's a couple games we say no, no, no bet, but we give a little blurb on each game. We give you the TV, the time, the date, the time the games are coming on, their records, what the spread is, the money line, the over-under total, all of that stuff is all in one spot. We're going to update it each day throughout the bowl season to see how we're doing. We started out with 1,000 fake bucks, and um, I didn't realize how hard. Man, if you want to bet on every game, you better have some money because just with 1,000 fake bucks, I didn't realize how, hard, how tough it was going to be to make sure I didn't go over the 1,000 bucks. Um, but we talk about that, and, you can again, you can go check that, that pick them out on, um, on betnatinola.com. Maybe we can help you. We talk about Devin Jackson. He's been almost 70 percent against the spread this season with his college football picks 70 that's insane that will win you a lot of money so if you want to see what Devin Jackson's picks are for every college bowl game maybe help you win some money or maybe help you win your college football pool you should go take a look at it so we talk about that, that with that with Zach and then conductor Dave comes on we have our usual segment we pick six NFL games each I was five and one last week he was three and three um, I'm back over 500. He's right at 500, I think. And then Uncle Big Nick, he was two and three last week. He's trying to pick it up. I went four and one. Uh, we we got rid of the old uh, the way we used to do it. We just pick our five best best picks now. So he's got some college picks on there that I think are pretty good. Um, my usual NFL picks. It's so tough with COVID right now, though. This is the toughest week of the year so far for the NFL. And what they're having to do go th- with COVID, I mean, it's affecting lots of games. And we'll see how it affects this. 
look, it's Friday. I don't think we fully know how it's going to affect this weekend. If your fantasy team is in the playoffs this week, you're probably, you're probably affected some sort of way. I was lucky enough to get a bye, but I don't think it's going to be any better next week. I think it's going to be just as bad. I think it's going to last through the playoffs. I think there are going to be lots of issues. I think if the NFL doesn't make some changes or figure out protocol a little bit better, it's going to be a major issue, and this is going to go through into the Super Bowl. Um, it would not surprise me if we have – I don't think this week we'll have any, but it would not surprise me if in the near future we have some postponements. And how do you do it? I don't know. We'll talk more about that as the week goes on. Programming notes, uh, the next two weeks after this one, with it being Christmas and New Year's, we are going to have just two shows a week for the next two weeks. They will be on Monday and Wednesday. Um, this Monday, we'll have Jeff Duncan coming on to review the saints Bucks game. And then on Wednesday, our regular cast of Friday characters will be on Wednesday, both weeks. Um, that's how we're going to wrap, finish the year up. Because, um, and even the Saints, uh, they're playing on Monday week after next. On New Year's week, they play on Monday. Um, so we'll have a preview of Saints-Dolphins on Monday. What is that? The 27th or 28th, whatever that is. And then we'll have our last show of the calendar year on the Wednesday before New Year's. And we'll t- that's when we'll wrap up Saints-Dolphins. And hopefully by then... Look, if they lose this week and they beat the Dolphins, they're still alive. Um, Hopefully the rest of the season will mean something. And I talk about that with Zach coming up. This is a long show. Um, We have a lot of fun with it. So feel free to skip around if you don't have two hours to listen to Datitude today. I completely get it. Or, you know, listen to it at different parts over the weekend. Um, Each has its own merits. Uh, I'll let you decide. Again, Zach and I talk about all sorts of things. I really think you should listen to the – I'm not, it's somewhere probably around the, I would, 40, 45-minute mark of the podcast when Zach and I start talking about the college bowl pick them. And uh, if you're interested in betting college pools, uh, college bowls, um, or you're in a college football bowl pool, you might want to listen. And, again, check out our, our blog. If you just want to hear about the NFL week, what I think about the Saints Bucks. We talk about that with Zach for about 10 minutes. That's somewhere around the 25-minute mark. And Conductor Dave and I get into our usual thing, and then I even uh, mention it with Uncle Big Nick. But So feel free to jump around. Uh, you can also go to bet.nola.com, to, and I will put a list, a timestamp of where all the, the different key moments are if you'd rather do it that way. Uh, again, you can email me at jderry at theadvocate.com or at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. And don't forget, if you haven't subscribed already to Datitude, I'm pretty sure you have by now. Episode 36, you're not just finding us. Um, we certainly appreciate you being a part of everything we've been doing here, and it's been a, a fun, fun few months. And speaking of a fun few months... It's uh, let's bring on uh, Zach Ewing, sports betting director at bet.nola.com. We just started it. We launched bet.nola.com back in August, and it has been a fun ride, and we're still learning. And uh, how are we learning? By figuring things out, right? Let's see what Zach has to say. 
Welcoming into the Datitude podcast, bet.nola.com, sports betting director, Zach Ewing. And Zach, we were texting each other back and forth last night. And, um, you know, I said, I've only known you for four months, but you become like my little brother who likes to poke and prod the bear while he's trying to eat his lunch. I had to laugh at that. Um, I, I don't know how accurate it is because I just don't feel that young anymore. But uh, <laughs> You're I, young compared to me. So, so here's the thing, right? Like we agree on a lot of things. Yes. I think our general philosophy in sports and betting we agree on, but then we get these little disagreements, and it's like we can't let them go, or maybe I can't let them go, and no, I think uh, and that's where this all comes from. Well, last night it leads into last night because I thought last night was such a weird game, and you talked about you, you were right for the most part. I mean, I, I was definitely uh, very fortunate last week to win some of the games that I won. And last night was a perfect example of how I told you last week, everything evens out in the end. And last night was part of evening out because here's what I don't like about the chargers. I think they're an outstanding football team. And I think if they let, if they coached things a little bit differently, they'd be even better than they are. But I hate these analytics things about, you know, let's go for it on fourth down all the time. And if the Chargers kick a field goal on any of those fourth and goals or fourth and fours or whatever it is, it's a completely – now, we don't know how Kansas City would have played. It might have changed the way they right. played a little bit going, going along the way. But had they certainly if they kicked the two field goals in the first half, I think it's a completely different ball game. And I'm just – I'm not a fan of – look, I get – you, you got a 56% chance or whatever it is, and they've crunched the numbers, and they just automatically do things instead of figuring out where you are in the field and what, what the situations are. And too many coaches, a la John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh to some extent, the Harbaugh's, I think, are the ones that really started this whole thing of using analytics. But it's it, sometimes they just don't make sense on where you are in the game, and I don't like them, and... Uh, it, it it showed itself last night. That game doesn't go into overtime, I don't think, if the Chargers just kicked those two field goals earlier on. Yeah, I, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I guess for one thing, you're right in that if they kick one or two of the field goals, the Chiefs will play it differently at the end. Um, so we can't say that for sure is one thing. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, looking back on it, they missed on the fourth down, so you'd rather have the points. But if, you know, if it's, okay, the first one was fourth and goal from the five. The first one I had no problem with at all. I, th- I thought you go for that 100 times out of 100. Now, what I did have a problem with is you have five, or sorry, you have four play calls from the five, and you don't give the ball to a running back once. You don't, you don't give it to Austin Eckler, who's your best skill player, once. They threw four passes, four incompletions. I, I have a bigger problem with that. So, anyway, the first one's fourth and goal from the five. The second one was fourth and goal from one. The third one was fourth and like two from the 30. And then the fourth one, which they actually got was fourth and one from the like 10. Okay. So, so you're looking at the, and they ended up scoring on that one, by the way. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one or no, they didn't either. Did they fumble? No, they they threw an interception. They threw an interception. Herbert threw an interception. It got tipped and intercepted. Yeah, so so they turned it over at, on the last one, even though they actually got the fourth down. Um, but if you like, and again, I don't want to become that the the football nerd here. But if you if you 
make it, let's say you, you think your chance of making it is 50-50 on those things. And maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's more. But if it's just 50-50, well, that's three and a half points every time you go for it. Field goal is only three points. So it, it, especially when you're facing a good offense like Kansas City, it, it makes sense to take some chances. Now, like I said, the first one I had no problem with. The second one, I got why they did it because at that point you've already gone for it once. A field goal only puts you up by a touchdown. Um, the Chiefs are getting the ball to start the, the third quarter, and it's only a yard. Now, the thing I didn't like about it is you don't get the benefit of backing them up at the one if you don't get it because it's the end of the half. And then the third one, I really didn't think – I really thought the third one they should have kicked the field goal or it was fourth and two from the 30 or whatever. At that point, you don't even know if you make it if you're going to score a touchdown or not. So just kick. You know, just, just kick at that point. So that was the one I really didn't like. But, but more than – more than the decision-making, I just thought their play calling was awful in those situations. They, they call better plays. We're, we're having a different conversation. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think the play calling was bad. I just, I think, and I, and I know I'm old, so obviously I'm old school, but I just think of what the good coaches did back in the day that worked for them. And I just think about, and I know Bill Belichick has opened up to some extent to analytics more than he would have when he first took the New England job and when he was coaching at Cleveland and all that stuff. So he he does go for it. Everybody goes for it more and forth than they used to. But I just think I, common sense to me dictates certain situations, and and I don't think there are certain coaches that don't use common sense. They just they have a card in front of them, and if the percentage is over fifty, it doesn't matter where they are or what the situation of the game is. They just go for it, and and the whole analytics thing is just it's really starting to tick me off. Um, when, especially when I have a bet on the game or, um, with my picks or whatever it is, I mean, and I guess my, you know, sometimes I, if I don't have them action on a game, I just laugh at them when they don't get it, but it just, I don't know. It's, it, it's something that I guess the, the point of all this is you have to factor that in when you're, when you're making plays on a team and think about what they're going to do, because there's added risk when you take the Chargers in anything, and when you take the Ravens in anything, there's added risk now because you have to factor in that they're going to use analytics at weird times when they should just kick field goals. I mean, Ravens going for two a couple weeks ago against the Steelers when logic tells you to kick the extra point, tie the game, go into overtime, and trust your defense is going to stop stop Ben Roethlisberger, who is – Mobile as a Mack truck with a broken axle. I, I just, I, you know, I just don't understand. We're just going to do these things because we, that's what the card tells us to do. Well, I, I mean, I think one thing both sides of this argument tend to forget is that the coaches know their players. They know the personnel. They know if somebody's banged up, they know what the morale of the team is right now. Yeah. Right. Like, and so if you, you're right, if you're just reading off the card and saying, this is what the card says to do. Go do it. Usually that's the wrong thing. Now, now some, there are certain cases where if you're down 16 points with five minutes left, you damn well better go for two. If you score, I mean, like, you know, like these things are just obvious to us at this point. Um, but there, I, I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. And I, and, and what I don't know in those situations is does the coach know that, you know, my running back just turned his ankle on that right on that last play. I'm not going to have, or my left tackle is hurt um, and he's gassed. I need to get him out of there. Or um, 
I don't like the substitutions we've got in there. I can't take a timeout. What, you know, whatever the case is, they, they may know a little more than we do. And so there may be a situation where, you know, John Harbaugh says, I don't want to play overtime because X, Y, Z, because Lamar Jackson's hurt, because I have another injury, because my team's gassed. But I, whatever the case might be, I don't like the way my defense is playing. Like, we don't know that. And so it's hard for us to factor that into the decision. Um, but, but yeah, in general, I agree that you shouldn't just make it a, a blanket decision based on what a computer tells you. Yeah. You know, I hear that. And I, and I, I think, yeah, I get that. There's, there's saying, you know, someone made a great point about the Ravens going for two. Um, they were going to play a division game the following week on a short week. Um, and maybe they just didn't want to go in overtime. And, and so that makes sense to, to some extent, but um, you know, you look at Andy Reid; he's old school. There, I think they had a fourth and two at one point um, when they were down. I think it was, I don't know if it was fourteen seven or whatever it was. It, there was a situation where I thought maybe they should go for it, and Andy Reid kicked the field goal. So, you know, he kicks field goals when old school tells you to kick field goals and analytics probably told him to go for it, especially with Patrick Mahomes. He kicks the field goal. He ends up getting him, himself in a situation to go into overtime. And I tell you what, and I knew this, I mean, once Kansas city won that coin flip after overtime or after the regulation, they about to go in overtime, like this game's over. I mean, you knew Kansas city was going to go down there and score a touchdown. Um, it was going to take a turnover. That, that, yeah, was, sure. that was your only saving grace at that point. Yeah, they weren't going to kick a field goal then, I don't think. But anyway, so, you know, I didn't mean to spend 10 minutes talking about analytics, but it was just something that I think was, uh, it, was it, it was the right time to talk about it because it happened last night, and I've seen it more and more and more, and I think it's kind of messing things up a little bit. I mean, this guy I really respect uh, – you know, we're into we're trying to figure this whole thing out at betnot.nola.com where the guy's been doing this for a long time and making a lot of money doing these things. And there's this one guy I, I really respect. The only thing I disagree with him about is he loves the analytics thing and thinks that every team should have an analytics guy standing next to the coach telling him what to do. I think that's absurd. But anyway, that's 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 uh, interesting. Speaking of things that are there that are timely and going on. All this COVID stuff. I mean, it's like we're starting 2020, the 2020 season all over again. I, I mean, it, in fact, it may be worse. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, at some point, and, and I don't want to sound like, I don't want to get into a political discussion because I, I, I've been, you know, I, understanding of procedures and being safe and everything like that. But at, at some point, you, you've got to stop sidelining vaccinated asymptomatic players. Okay. Like you can't, I agree. You, you can't just start doing blanket tests and making these guys sit out for a week or 10 days. If they're doing all the right things, if they're not sick, like it's, it's pretty clear at this point, this is not going to be over at any point, right? It's, it's, it's going to keep going. So we have to learn to live with it. Um, and, and what that means is that, yes, we need to test, we need to be careful, we need to prevent the outbreaks. But it also means that if somebody's asymptomatic and vaccinated and they're not as likely to spread it and they don't have symptoms to spread it, we, we got to move on, guys. I mean, and, and I think the NFL is going to realize that because if it gets to the point where you're going to have to postpone a playoff game or um, Josh Allen's not going to play in a playoff game because of COVID, 
you know, just as an example, I'm just throwing his name yeah, out no, there. Yeah, no, I agree. Sure. Like, something's got to give here because people, you're going to start losing money, and when the NFL loses money, that's when it takes action. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's getting to the point of, I mean, we're, we, you know, I talk about it in a little bit with Uncle Big Nick, but you look at the Browns game, and I picked the Browns minus, I mean, I make my picks on Tuesday. I guess theoretically I could go in. I've changed a couple with editor's notes before games start. I mean, it's too late to do it now, but the Browns have gone, the line opened at minus six, and now it's plus three and a half. You're talking about a 10-point swing because of all the players that, are, that have changed uh, and who won't play for the Browns. How do you make, I mean, now that we, now that the betting world is getting more involved and it's become accepted in the NFL, obviously they're partners with DraftKings and all this stuff, and we've got a team in Vegas, so the old taboo things are, are out the window now. And they have Super Bowl's to, coming to Vegas. What's that? The Super Bowl's coming to Vegas That's right. in three Super, years. Yeah, yeah two so years. I'm, obviously they've accepted all this. So, I mean, they have to factor all these things in, I believe. I mean, it's, the, you know, and so you, you've, got, you've got people with tickets on the Raiders that they bought on Monday for plus six, and now they're – they're going in and I mean, it's like a gift. I mean, they're getting like a teaser line, even better than a teaser line for free. And I mean, you can't, I mean, what are, what are we doing here? And you're right about the, the playoffs. I think the playoffs are going to be a mess. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know, like to a certain extent for the gambling angle, this has always existed because of injuries. Um, but you're right. You just can't have it be in five games every week. Uh, you, you can't have – or what you're going to see is, is sports books are going to start pulling lines off left and right, and they don't want to do that either, and that's going to piss them off, and that's going to cost the NFL money. And again, when the NFL starts losing money, that's what it acts. So I, I, don't, know, I don't know what the breaking point is here, but you're right. I mean, it just gets ridiculous. Like Case Keenum apparently – I, I wish I could quote where I read this, but was an asymptomatic case. And there was a situation where the NFL had sort of switched its philosophy and said, listen, we're not testing you if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic. This was yesterday, uh, Thursday. And then the NFL Players Association came in and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't change the protocol in the middle of a week. You need to test all of these guys. And so then they came back after practice tested them all, and the Browns had five more positives, including Case Keenum, who was going to play quarterback. And it's like, what the hell are we doing? I mean, you, you, you figure it out, guys. Yeah, well, Baker was asymptomatic from what I understand. I mean, I think, I think half those guys that have COVID were asymptomatic. I don't know. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's, that's the shame of it. It's like, and, I, I, again, well, there I'm are for the, safety. There are 25 Rams, I think, that, that are in some sort of – um, protocol as well. And I don't, I mean, they're not all starters and, and I think some of them were in the practice squad, but I mean, and look, what's the deal? Why can't, Kevin Stefanski can't coach because he, I, I think he was asymptomatic, but he tested positive. So he's staying away. Um, I mean, I'm coaching a scissor lift like that college coach. did. <laughs> uh, it's getting ridiculous. Let's talk about saints and bucks um, before we get to our college bowl stuff. It is college bowl week. I know college football is near more de- near and dear to your heart than it is to me. Um, but I do 
get into the bowls pretty pretty good. Um, Saints and Bucks. Um, you know, it, it's you know I've, I've made it clear what I think about this game. I, I I don't think this. I know the Saints have won three regular season matchups. Uh, this is different. Uh, they don't. They're not going into the game with with Jameis Winston at quarterback. They're not healthy along the offensive line. Um, Alvin Kamara's. I know he touched the ball thirty something times, but do you really want him to do that two weeks in a row coming off an injury? Um, Taysom Hill with the finger. This is not a good spot for the Saints against a team that can the defending Super Bowl champions who can clinch the division at home. And not only that, they're pretty tired of losing to the Saints, and I think they got a point to make this week. Yeah, I mean that all makes a lot of sense. Um, I I took the Saints with the points. I, I don't feel particularly confident about it. I, I mean, I do think the saints are back in that mode of uh, being doubted themselves. And they, th- you know, now that they got some bodies back, they, they're playing better. They frankly, they're not a great matchup for the bucks. Um, the bucks should still win, but we saw that in the first meeting, they kind of, they, they frustrate the bucks running game. Um, you know, Peyton seems to know how to call plays against the bucks defense. I think I think it'll be an entertaining game for two or three quarters, and then the Bucks pull away. Um, but it is interesting. We talked about this on at the book yesterday. Like if it's if it's ten to nothing or or seventeen to seven early in the first half, or you know midway through the second quarter, does does Sean Payton say, "Look, I I can't run Alvin Kamara twenty more times in this game. Um, I can't I can't throw Teron Armstead out there when he's banged up." I'm I'm pulling all my guys. We're going to take our L here and try to regroup for Miami because we know we've got to go three for three the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that I, that I agree, and I, th- I think that's for sure. I think you start pulling players if you, if you get down big, and then it gets worse and snowballs. I just think, especially the one that sticks out in my head is the game in Tampa last year, where things just snowballed and the Saints won. I think it was was it thirty eight to three or something along those lines. I think so. Yeah. And um, don't think that Tom Brady doesn't forget. And the Saints weren't trying to run up the score by any means. I think they could have scored more points if they really wanted to. But, um, you know, things started off bad and went bad. And Tom Brady is, is smart enough to know the pressures he's going he's gonna to see and face. And one thing you're right about Sean Payton matching up because he knows how to get in Tom Brady's head. And I think really it's been throughout his career. It's not just now that he's older. I think that he, you see that if you can rush him and get in his face a little bit, then he is tend to he's prone to throw some interceptions here and there. I just don't know that they're going to be able to get to him this time um, as much. And I know they're going to try to throw pressures at him, but uh, and Leonard Fournette's banged up. They might just go to a, a pass in philosophy. I could easily see Brady throwing forty to forty-five passes in this game. I mean, if Fournette's hurt, Ronald Jones is about the best backup in the league, too. I mean, the guy, the guy's a pretty good player, so it's not like they would be totally bereft of a running game. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the Bucks want to win the division prime time at home against their rivals, like, you know, against the team that's won it the previous four years. So there's all of these storylines that seem to point toward the Bucks, and, and, and maybe they just blow them out. I, I have a hard time feeling... I guess the the reason I'm pushing back on the Saints, hey, we're going to give it the old college try, but whatever happens, happens. So they've got four games left. They got to win at least three. I mean, you can't really afford to do that. 
Now, again, if you get down three touchdowns, okay, you, you're, you have no choice. But you can't really afford to say, all right, we'll just forget this one. We got three more chances. Oh, wait, we need three more wins. Like, you you got to go for it, right? No, I think you do. Um, but at what point do you say it's not going to happen? I mean, that's that's the question. But, uh, look, even if they lose this one, I, I don't know. I, I have a – I'm not exactly sure of – What's going to go on in the, in the next three games? What, what do you think of the prospects of their three games following this one? I, I mean, I think they're all roughly coin flips. Like, you're going to see lines less than a field goal in all three games. So, could they win all three? Sure, they could. But, I mean, you know, what's, going back to, like, your science project in, in fifth grade, if you flip a coin once, it's a 50-50 chance to land on heads. To get two heads, and that's a 25% chance. To get three heads, now it's a 12.5% chance. So, like, is it a good chance? No, it's not. But um, you, you just got to – this is why I could just say take it one game at a time. I can't worry about the, the Falcons coin flip if I don't beat the Dolphins. So you, you try to beat the Dolphins at home, and you go from there. I mean, and I do think they're playing better. Um, I, I know it was the Jets, but – they, that was a pretty comprehensive win. Um, they seem to look better against Dallas. I, I, I just made a ton of mistakes. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to get a read on this team, quite frankly, because they haven't been whole for almost the entire year. Yeah, that's one thing that they, I think they do have going in their favor. Obviously, they're getting healthier at the right time, right? I mean, to me, if you don't have 41 back there, you don't have much of a chance anyway. Uh, they they proved that throughout their you know recent history with and without him. I mean, you think about the seven and nine years before Alvin Kamara came here and how different this team is with him in there. Um, so I, I think you go forward, and to me, the big one is Miami. I think if you even if you lose this game and you come back and you beat a Miami team that's been playing great, they've got the Jets this week. They're probably going to win that game. They're going to be 7-7. Seven and seven. They're going to have a six-game winning streak. They're going to come into New Orleans on a Monday night against a 6-8 and eight Saints team that is absolutely fighting for their playoff lives. Both teams will be. So, um, to me, that's the game. Because if you win that one, then you match up well against Carolina in the Dome against a kind of a rudderless ship right now. Panther, the they're Panthers a mess. Are a mess. I mean, they're just an absolute mess. So, to me, the Dolphins game is going to be obviously the key one. You don't win that one, then you just pack up your tent and say, okay, it is what it is. But I'll tell you what, it would be quite the interesting matchup if it happens to be 8-8 eight and eight going into the Falcons game, who also could be 8-8, eight and eight, and potentially that game could be for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most likely if you're in an 8-8 eight and eight situation there, you've got – you're going to be doing a lot of scoreboard watching, right? It's going to be what are the Vikings doing and what are the Eagles doing and what tiebreaker is going to come into play here. But, but yeah, it would be, it would be fun. I mean, I, I, I do think it'd be fun. And I, <clears throat> I agree with you. Sorry. I agree with you that if, if the Dolphins is the, is the toughest of those three remaining games, eh, well, the Falcons on the road, but, but the, the Panthers is certainly the easiest one. And so if you can get the Dolphins the Panthers is the best one to have on that short week. Um, you know, they're good. The saints will be favored by two or three points in that game. If you can somehow hang on to that one, 
And then get yourself to Atlanta with a chance. I mean, that's all you can ask for at this point, right? I guess you could ask for a win over the Bucks, But other than that, all you can ask for is to get to Atlanta with a, with a chance. One thing I will say is that um, if the Saints find a way to make that last game relevant, then they've succeeded with all the things that have gone wrong this year. Win or lose, get to the playoffs or not get to the playoffs. Sean Payton has done some of his best work, I think, this year. And, we, I mean, there are a couple games where they've had their lapses, and we talked about it a couple months ago. That Giants game we knew was going to come back to bite them in the butt. And it really is now because it would be a completely different outlook right now had they beaten the Giants and they were 7-6 and six instead of 6-7. and seven. You could really afford to lose this game, and it really doesn't even hurt you all that much. But um, it, 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 I think he's done a masterful job overall. Because I, I truly believe if they, if they, even if they lose, they come back and they beat Miami and beat Carolina and, and get to eight and eight and find themselves a way to make that last game to where it matters, then that's just a hell of a job considering a five game losing streak with all the injuries they've had. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing Sean Payton deserves a ton of credit for, and, and Mickey Loomis too, for that matter. It, I moved to New Orleans. I moved to Louisiana four years ago, four and a half years ago. So I've been here nearly as long as you, but you, you figure this out pretty quickly. The bottom of the Saints roster is better than the bottom of the roster of anybody else in the league. And, it, it, and no doubt about that's that. why, that's why when they have all these injuries, um, you know, when, when Drew Brees goes out for five games to, and, and when Alvin Kamara is hurt, Michael Thomas misses a season, and they have, oh, my God, how are they going to play with this offensive line? Well, the, the, the offensive lineman they've got, who's the 51st guy on their roster, is pretty darn good. And Bill Throckmorton. They, they, yeah, that's right. They, like, they deserve a lot of credit as an organization, and Pey- Peyton is at the top of the list, and Loomis, for figuring out how to fill the roster with and, and the practice squad with quality backups to where when you have injury problems, because this is the NFL, you're going to have injury problems. And nowadays you're going to have COVID problems. Um, They're putting competitive teams out there. And then Peyton's a good enough play caller, good enough game coach to make it work to where they can keep themselves above water until the cavalry comes back. And so that's what they've been so good at the last four years or so. I, you know, my suspicion, and again, I wasn't following the team nearly as closely then, during the seven and nine seasons was that that wasn't quite as much the case No, that they were, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't as deep. And so they were losing some of those games. Now they're at the point where, you know, they, they feel like they can be competitive no matter who they have to play, no matter who they have to throw out there. And that's that's what's really impressive. They also had a transition. Those guys from the Super Bowl era had kind of like gotten old and either left from free agency or it was they were done. And so I think it was partly, you know, you lose offensive linemen. The defense was awful those three years. I mean, just, I mean, God awful. We're talking about, I, I think the, I think it was the 15 team. It was one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL with Rob Ryan as defensive coordinator. And I mean, it, that's what happens. You, you lose some of the players you had on defense. You, you, you have a turnover at offensive line. They realized that they needed to change the offensive line, the thinking there. Um, they needed to become more aggressive on, on defense and get corners a la Marshawn Lattimore. You know, you bring Jenkins back last year. Um, 
you got to get corners that can stand alone by themselves. And I think they had a philosophy change. And Dennis Allen has changed a lot of things here too. So, but bringing Alvin Kamara in, and what a steal with a third-round pick. But Mark Ingram couldn't do it by, by himself. And you realized you needed to have a two-headed monster back there in this day and time in the NFL. I don't think they realized how good Alvin Kamara was going to be. But I think just a change in philosophy and the way that they went about it. And, again, you're right, Mickey Loomis, big part of it all. And uh, they did an outstanding job changing things. And the only thing I wish they would have done that they didn't do is with Drew Brees coming down to the end of his career, it seemed they were unwilling to look at drafting a quarterback that could possibly, I guess you don't know how long Drew's going to stay, so you don't want to have an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation, which worked out just fine for the Packers, by the way. But I, I think that was the one mistake that they made, if there's anything, is I wish they would have kind of tried to draft an heir apparent maybe three, four years ago, who'd be ready to go by now. Yeah. I mean, that 2017 draft class, I'm not an NFL draft expert. It has to be one of the best draft classes in NFL history. I mean, it's just, there's like four all pros for one team in that class. It's amazing. Um, So, so yeah, that, that changed around the trajectory of the franchise. I do think with Drew, it was an awkward situation. I, I mean, it brings up an interesting question though, Jim, I like who would you make the favorite to be the Saints quarterback week one next year? Is it Jameis? You think they bring in a free agent? You think they draft somebody? I think it's one of two people. I think, and, I, and I'd be surprised if it's anyone else with these two people. I think your starting quarterback, the first game of 2022, is either Jameis Winston or Russell Wilson. I think those are the only two people it's going to be. And uh, if I think they make a push to try to trade for Russell Wilson, and if they don't get him, I mean, I don't want to say settles the right word, but I think you bring Jameis back. And I think they might bring Jameis back anyway. And if he's willing to be a backup, and I don't know if he is or not, but I think with an ACL injury, he's probably more likely to be willing to, but I think it's one of those two guys. What about Rodgers? I just don't think they're going to be able to pull off. I don't think Green Bay's going to be willing to trade him. I don't think so either, but. I don't think Green Bay's going to be willing. I think they're willing to trade him, I think. In fact, not only willing, I think they're going to have to. Um, but I think it's going to be to an AFC team. And I'd have to think about who, who would be in the mix. I also think he wants to go to the West Coast. And they'll probably – I mean, here's another wild card in the mix. If somehow the Raiders get involved and, and Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Vegas, I could see Derek Carr – I mean, you would love that. But I, I would see – I could see Derek Carr coming here as well. And he'd be a really – good fit in Sean Payton's offense. I'm not a big Derek Carr fan. Um, I don't dislike him. Uh, he, he's, he's been great at times and not so great at times, but I think he would be a great fit in this offense. And I think Payton could do a lot of things with Derek Carr and this team would be really good assuming they're healthy with, with Derek Carr. So there's another wild card for the mix, but that's only if Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to Vegas and they wanted to make a deal. Is, am I incorrect in thinking Aaron Rodgers has an opt-out on his contract? Like, it wouldn't even have to be a trade, No, I think, right? they, I think they have to make a trade. I think, it, I think he still has, they still have to make a trade. I'd have to go look. Maybe it's sure. a team opt-out. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure 100% sure there. I'd have to look at that. But either way, I think that's where he wants to go. I think he wants to go to the West Coast. I don't necessarily – and I'm not sure – I mean, I know this sounds weird and how great Aaron Rodgers has been, but I'm not so sure he'd be the greatest fit here. Aaron Rodgers needs – they have a coach that kind of just lets him do his thing 
And the one thing that was great about Drew Brees and Sean Payton is they worked together and they, they were, they were kind of joined at the hip and they were in sync. They thought the same way. And they, I just don't, I think Aaron Rodgers is too much of a, an ego kind of, I'm, we're doing it my way type thing. I just sort of a loose cannon and yeah, a very I effective just, loose cannon, but yeah, I don't think his, 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 I don't know. I don't even know the right word. I don't think the way that he goes about things would, would mesh with Peyton very well. So whereas Russell Wilson to me is all, I mean, I don't want to say he's a Drew Brees clone because they play a little, they play different in, in, in different ways. But to me, Russell Wilson would be the absolute perfect fit for this team. He's only 31 years old and he could play here for five to seven, eight more years. So yeah, that know. would be cool. I think that's your number one option. But again, what does Seattle do? What does Pete Carroll do? What, what, you know, there's, there's lots of questions. It's going to be one of the more interesting off seasons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Carr is interesting. I, I I don't know. I mean, you, you know, I've, you know, I used to have a personal relationship with the family. I, I, I love Derek. Is he a huge upgrade over Jameis Winston? Um, I, I, you know, I think he might be a slight upgrade over Jameis Winston. But but here's the thing though, you still got to sign a contract to to someone. So I, I put it this way, I would I think he's less of a risk than Jameis Winston because you don't know what you're going to get after. Now not that Winston's not really a a running quarterback, so that's that part of it's fine. I just don't know what you're going to get after ACLs always scare me, especially for a quarterback. Running backs more. Um but I, I just don't know. I, I, I still, I gave Winston way too much grief before the season started, but he grew, he really grew on me. And he, he obviously took to Peyton. I just, uh, I don't think he's the right fit for this offense, I guess is the right way to put it. I think, Derek, the Carr, I think Derek Carr would be a, a better fit. Um, I'd be okay if Winston was the quarterback, starting quarterback next year, especially if that's the fallback position. Obviously Wilson's, by far number one, I mean, on the, on the wish list, but they got to make it work too, because they're, they're in a better situation cap wise than they were before, but they're still not in a great spot. So they'd have to work some things out for sure. But we're putting the horse ahead of the car, the cart ahead of the horse, I guess horse out of the cart. Yeah. That's what I meant. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, let's move on before I let you go. I do want to talk about, we have a college bowl guide that we that we've spent a lot of time working on this week. And um, I think everyone should go take a look at it. If you want to play a game here and there, and I know, look, you and I are small potatoes. We're not, you know, we're not out there with the big fish putting up the big money, but we, we put a little contest together between uh, you, Devin Jackson, Spencer, the guru and myself. And um, we're going through and making our best bets for all 44 of these bowl games or however many it is. Is that right? 44. Uh, I think it's 43 plus the title games. So okay. Depends so depends on how you count. Yeah. Um, but we're making our picks for all these games. Uh, we went through and we, we started with a thousand fake dollars and I told you, I didn't realize, and I didn't do them. I'm not a, I went to Shaw. I'm not a, a huge math guy, you know, apologies to Brian Lazar. Who's out there somewhere. My, my advanced math teacher, my senior year, but I wasn't realizing how hard this was going to be to, to have just a thousand dollars to pick all these games. And, um, but we did, 
And uh, we went through them and, and kind of wrote a little blurb on each game and what we thought. And um, so anybody who wants to have fun during the bowl season, if they want a little guidance, we, you and I and, and Devin and Spencer, I, I don't know how much time you spent, but I actually spent quite a few hours going through and trying to dissect all these games and, and seeing what I thought was the best play for them all. But that's all on bet.nola.com. Yeah, I mean, the, the hard part with all of these things is trying to figure out who's playing and who's coaching and which, you know, who's moved on to a new, a new location and who's injured and who's in the NFL draft. And I mean, you're looking at these lines going, well, this line doesn't make any sense. And then you go look up the news report. Oh yeah. Uh, of course it doesn't make any sense. Texas A&M's lost half their coaching staff and their starting quarterback or uh, you know, whatever the case is there, there was another one I was thinking of where the, Oh, is Nevada. Nevada was like much better than Western Michigan this year, but they don't have anybody playing for it. And so Western Michigan's favored. It, like, you don't know that unless you sit and do the research on the Idaho Potato Bowl or right. whatever that one is. I mean, right. you know, you don't. But if you can do that work and if you make the right read, I feel like there's money to be made in bowl season. I mean, like, you know, it, it takes a little extra legwork, but because of that, a lot of people aren't willing to do that extra legwork. Right. They just jump out and they say, oh, this team's eight and four. This team's six and six. So the eight and four team they're only two point favorites. They ought to win by 10 points. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking the SEC team. I'm taking the yeah, big 10 right. team. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't always work. Out. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we, uh, you know, I enjoy doing, I didn't, I didn't realize how much fun I would have doing it. It was a lot of work, but I did enjoy it. Um, and some teams that I hadn't seen at all play. And I like to go through the numbers and, you know, if a team's third ranked defense against the 98th ranked offense, but, you know, it, it, but the third ranked defense hasn't played in anybody and the 98th ranked team is playing in the sec. I mean, you got to weigh all that and put it together. It's kind of fun, but uh, let's talk about a few of them and we'll get to the biggies uh, next week. Cause we're going to talk about, obviously um, there's no huge matchups this, this first weekend. What's your favorite uh, pick of the weekend uh, up through maybe Monday or Tuesday? Um, I mean, my favorite pick maybe for the entire bowl season, I, I'd put the most money on it. And I actually love confidence polls, uh, confidence pools for, for bowls. I think they're a lot of fun where you get to, you know, you rank them one through 44 and you get that many points for picking that one. Right. Um, and, and it's, it is um, coastal Carolina against Northern Illinois in the cure bowl tonight. And I, I, I mean, I just don't coastal Carolina is, much better than Northern Illinois. I mean, there's just, and it doesn't appear again, this is where you look at it and you're going, uh, is anybody sitting out? It doesn't look like it. It looks like their quarterback is even coming back next year, possibly. So he's definitely not sitting out. Um, I, I just don't, you know, again, you've got to gauge motivation. Coastal Carolina had a great season last year. They were top 20. They were in the conversation for New Year's six. They thought they would again this year. They lost a couple of games. So are they all of a sudden going to be, you know, trudging down to Tampa to play in this game. I, I don't think so. It's not like the, it's not like the disappointment came last week. It came months ago and they've continued to play well. So I, I think that line should be 14, 15 points and it's only 11. So I, I really like coastal tonight. Um, I know Devin was on this one too. I, I think Fresno laying 11 and a half against UTEP is too many. I, I, I think Fresno's better but that's the opposite situation where that program is sort of in the middle of transition. UTEP's the team that's going to be super fired up. 
I, I, you know, again, don't know that they win the game, but if you're giving me 11 and a half points, I'll take it. And then we talked about this on at the book. I like UAB, same reason, BYU going to Shreveport. No offense to Shreveport, but if you thought you were going to be in Glendale or New Orleans or Miami or something, you know, playing in a New York six, New Year's six bowl. And instead you're in Shreveport on December 19th. That's kind of tough. I, I, you know, you can say all the right things. Once you get out there and it's cold and rainy and UAB wants to hit you in the mouth, it, it, it's tough. You know what scares me about that game is, I'll talk about this again with Uncle Big Nick, spoiler alert, but it scares me that besides Devin, almost everyone that I kind of follow and listen when it comes to college football picks, Devin's been as good as any, any, I'm not kidding. I put him up with You've the, been incredible. With the people that I that I like that I've listened to for years and kind of read for years and have been excellent throughout the years, Devin has had a season as good or better than any of those guys. But I guess what what bothers me is everyone other than Devin is picking UAB for the same exact reason. And I took UAB as well. So that makes me a little nervous about that. Everybody's kind of thinking the same thing, and you know as well as I do. When someone's thinking the, the same way. It never works out. So Uncle Big Nick had a I got great... good news for you. Go ahead. I got good news for you. If you open up your uh, Times Picky in this morning, turn to page 6C, none other than Jeff Duncan picked BYU. Oh, well, then so I feel much better. That's got to make you feel better. Oh, I feel it makes right. me feel a lot better. Yeah, I, that, that changes everything. But Uncle Big Nick, and again, spoiler alert, because he's going to talk about it in his segment in a little bit, but uh, he's got a great idea, and I never really thought about it. It makes a lot of sense. He says, watch the first quarter. Um, if BYU looks like they came to play, bet the live line. And I agree with yeah. him. I think BYU is either going to win by like 30 or it's going to be a really tight game. So, and I think you could find that out in the first, maybe half of the first quarter and get a decent line still. I mean, if BYU comes out and scores in the first drive, take them at minus 13 or whatever, I think. So I may, I may do that. Yeah. The, I, I like that philosophy in general. The, the only thing I'll say, and the reason I'm leaning heavily into UAB in this one in particular, is because if you look at power ratings, if you look at Sagarin, if you look at SP+, if you look at uh, Massey, all the, you know, they all have this as less than a seven-point game anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you play, you know, if you played it in October, it would be a six-point spread. UAB so, is certainly underrated for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like it's not just the motivation factor. Now, that's, that would be Lanyap if – if BYU is unmotivated, UAB may win the game outright. And I'm not, I'm not going to lay any money on the, on the money line. But if you're giving me a touchdown in a game between two good teams, you know, BYU gets a lot of publicity. They beat five Pac-12 teams, including Utah. Uh, that was before Utah changed quarterbacks. But still, like, they essentially won the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. And so they're getting a lot of love, and rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, UAB is just a name to most people. But they're pretty good, too. Well, I could see that, and and maybe the under fifty four and a half. I don't know what it is now. It was fifty four and a half. It's probably a little lower than that. Maybe the under is the the better bet because then you know to worry. I mean, because I, I really think UAB's defense is, is is really good. So maybe maybe that should have been the play. My 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 favorite play of the weekend is the Boca Raton Bowl, which is tomorrow morning or Saturday morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, you know, everybody seems to be all over App State, uh, and I really like Western Kentucky in this game. Uncle Big Nick likes the over 68. He thinks a lot of points can be scored. I, I, I do too, but I think, um, I think Western is a good money line pick here. 
they're one of the top passing teams in in the nation, and I know they're playing against a team in App State that has a, a pretty good defense. However, um, App State has been prone to turn the ball over a lot, and um, Western Kentucky has seized on that throughout the season. If you go back and look, and I think Western Kentucky is kind of a sneaky play because around here, especially because UL plays in the Sun Belt, and we see them play App State sometimes twice a year. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a good play there because people don't know Western Kentucky as much. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's actually a fascinating game for my money. Like, I, I'll watch that tomorrow morning because App State, you know, in past several years when they were real good, they had a high-flying offense. That, that's not so much yeah. the case this year. They're kind of a you know, run game and defense team. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see a match up against Western because Bailey Zappi, he, he's gonna he's gonna set the all-time record for single-season passing yards. He only needs like 285 yards, or so. I'd say only. I mean, he should get that. And then he need, I think he needs five touchdowns to pass Joe Burrow for single-season touchdown record. That might be a little less likely, but um, you know, this kid can sling it, and it'll be fun to see him go up against a legit defense in what's probably the last game of his career. So well, I'm. I'm interested in the game. I don't have a strong take on who's going to win. Well, I felt a lot better about my pick when I was putting all the picks together last night and, and I made sure I wrote every single word before I looked at anybody else's picks. Um, and Devin Jackson made the exact same pick I made. Western Kentucky money line, 20 of our thousand fake bucks to win 26 bucks. So I felt a lot better about my pick when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it seems like the, the more obscure the schools, the better he is, too. That, There's that's no the, doubt about it. I'm that's the part I love about it. He'll, oh, I'm, I'm taking Western Michigan, Toledo over exactly. 51 and a half. And we're like, what? And then exactly. they score 75 points, and he's cashed pretty into the third quarter. I mean, I don't know what this dude must do with his off time. He's not married, so maybe he just sits around and watches film uh, and watches obscure college teams in, in his free time, but... By God, he's good at it. And I'm not kidding. For those listening, he's the best secret at betnotnola.com right now. Forget Zach and I. I mean, we've been okay. But Devin has just been I'm, – I'm, when I'm telling you – and I don't know what his numbers are. I'd have to go – we'd have to add them all up. But he's got to be over 65% against the spread with college football. Yeah, I'll go back and look. I'm going to get you that number. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's got to be over 65%, which is unheard of. It's amazing, and I don't, you know, some of it is like, okay, he had a game the other week where he got a backdoor cover, and he's had some luck. And we, when you're going good, you're going good, right? But like, listen, he's been good. I mean, some of these aren't even close. I mean, really good. So, anyway, check that out at bet.nola.com, our college bowl guide. Zach, we we're gonna run, and then each day we're gonna run whatever games we have for that day that we've already picked. We're gonna run the same blurbs, but I'll give updates about where we are. People can see what we think. I'll probably put an updated line in there just so people can know what they are. Um, but we're not going to change our, our blurbs or picks or anything. But that's what we have. But I think it's an interesting thing to see if people want to know. Hey, if you just want to look at it to go see what time and what, what channel games are on, we have that as well. So check it out, bet.nola.com, College Bowl, pick them. Man, it's been a fun uh, – I know we still got a, a month or so to go uh, in this football season – a month, uh, less than a month in college football, about two months left, I guess, uh, in the NFL, if you count the Super Bowl, which we do. But it's been a fun ride so far. And um, 
I think we're kickstarting this thing off pretty well here at bet.nola.com. So, so J- Jim, just real quick, I, I haven't had a chance to add them all up, but I just went back like six or seven weeks, seven weeks, I think about half, half the uh-huh. time we've been doing big bucks. Devin's 26 and 12 ATS in college. That's football. insane. I mean, come on. That is That's insane. 70%. That's insane. It, it, like, now again, I haven't added a mall up, but he, I don't think it was a whole lot worse. No, no, he, he was one bad pretty week close. Year. Yeah, no, he was pretty close yeah. to that all year long. So seriously, he had one bad week early, but that was if, it. If you're listening to this, go back and watch. Like, you can go find a couple of the old at the books, um, and see where we put our big bucks picks out, and you can see how bad that I've been uh, because I've been just my NFL picks column been pretty good. My big bucks have been terrible, but anyway. Go back and look at Devin Jackson. I'm telling you, he is the best kept secret. It might be the best. I'm going to go as far as say, maybe the best kept secret in the betting college football betting world. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. So go. I mean, t- if you if you tailed him, you made some money. If you bet every pick that he made, and you put a hundred dollars, and I know people don't bet. You know, I bet twenty bucks a game or forty bucks a game, or whatever. Unless I love it. But if you would have bet a hundred bucks. On every game that Devin Jackson has given out for us on at the book, you would have more money. You would have enough money to buy your entire block a Christmas present. I'll just put it that way. All right. Just, just real quick. I, w- I went back through the other seven weeks. I, I was doing this in my head, so it's possible I'm off by a couple. 49 and 23. That's insane. On college football for the year. That, I mean, Holy cow. That's that's better than two thirds. That's more than two thirds. So he's he's pretty that's close 70%, to seventy yeah. percent. Right around seventy percent. And anything over fifty two percent is good. It is really pretty good. Forty nine and twenty three is sixty eight point one percent. So yeah, anything I mean, over fifty five percent is outstanding. So he's at seventy. Sixty eight percent is unsustainable for anybody. Like I don't care how Correct. sharp you are, your luck is gonna turn against you at some 100%. point. You're not gonna hit sixty but if you could even hit 60%, you could be a professional at this. Like that, you know. For sure. You, actually, actually, most pros, I, I believe the number is 56% they look for. So Is that, is that just his college football picks or is that everything? That's just college football. I didn't count it. NFL, he hasn't been as good. Yeah, um, for sure. But, but yeah, 68% in college football. Oh. So go find him. Best, best secret uh, we've got at bet.nola.com. And I'm telling you, one of the best secrets in college football, and he is part of our uh, college bowl pick him. Zach, it's been fun. Uh, we're going to do this again before the, uh, the co- at least before the college football championship, and uh, follow along and tell everybody what we do each week. Absolutely, and, and Devin will be on uh, Odds and Ends Monday afternoon, right? That's the next time you can catch him. That's right, Monday afternoon, Odds and Ends on Thursdays at the book, and uh, picking against James Carville has been fun. Zach, it's been a lot of fun. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jim. Zach really has made things fun. I mean, it's it's been, you know, when you start something new, and I've been at this paper for since, you know, I've gone through uh, pink slips. I've gone through changes in ownership. I've gone through more pink slips. Um, and then I took the job back a couple years ago when um, – the advocate, uh, after the time speaking was sold to the advocate, I didn't know if I was going to have a job in the business anymore. And I was lucky enough that they took me back and, uh, they made me the sports editor of the St. Tammany farmer. And 
did that for two years, and I really kind of thought I was going to ride out my career doing that. And then this opportunity came up. But you're always a little nervous when you start something new, um, especially when you're as old as I am. And I'm, you know, setting my ways. I, one thing about the farmer is I did things pretty much the way that I wanted to do them, how I wanted to do them, when I wanted to do them. And uh, you're always a little nervous about when you take a leap forward and try something new and you're going to have a new manager, new editor. And uh, I can't say I joke about Zach and how he's become like a little brother almost poking and prodding the bear, but I couldn't have asked for for anyone better in this position. Um, Zach has been completely f- giving me free reign to basically do what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I think the fact that we've seen things the same way, and I think we have a very similar vision for what we're trying to do, certainly helps. But you're certainly scared about things like that when you go into it, going to something like this with someone you don't know at all. And so when I went into The Farmer, I knew my editor, Andy Canulet, very well. That made things a lot easier. This was different, but it, it's been a very smooth transition. And I continue to thank the people at The Advocate and The Times Picune and Zach for for backing this podcast. Um, I thought this was going to be an individual thing, something I was just going to do on the side, and it's really turned into something that is kind of part of what we do at the uh, at bet.nola.com. So I'm very grateful to to Zach and and everyone at the Times Picune. Let's go forward with Five Star Friday, and, you know, it wouldn't be a Five Star Friday without Conductor Dave, right? He makes this show fun. I look forward. If you haven't listened to these segments, um, if you kind of skip around and, you just listen to the beginning, and you don't really listen. to. I, look, we have a lot of fun. That's what Fridays are about. And Dave and I, of course, we make our picks, and we want to help you win some money. But it's kind of our way of kind of previewing the NFL weekend, right? And no one has an, as interesting a take on an NFL weekend as Dave DeCorbier. So let's get into the old choo-choo train. All aboard, all aboard the Taysom train, Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train. You know, just like the intro you used to have for me back in the day, that, that just, it's December, it's still not, it's still not, they'll still doesn't get old. It it doesn't. And then, you know, I should have slid. Sorry, I should have slid. No, you should not have, you beautiful beast. No, you keep running, bro. Oh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, I told his dumb ass to slide. That is awesome. That is just so awesome. Uh, the God. funny part is if you go back and if you watch the film and and, and the, the moment after, and he, you know how they celebrate after the touchdown, Alvin yeah. Kamara, the look on Alvin Kamara's face, like he really told him that. Like he he, he, right. he went up to him and he like had like this look on him like you you're you're a dumbass. <laughs> like, what do you want? I wanted to pad my stats. I mean, that wasn't even padding his stats. It's just like when you didn't got know any different. Green, right? Yeah, you got nothing but green grass in front of you. It's like, well, all right, you know. I know I the mean, dude. It's not like it was. It weren't I know the dude's probably. The he's probably smart. He went to BYU and he's a quarterback. So I get that he's probably smart, but he just seems like one of these. Oh, I will run you over. I kick your ass. <laughs> Doesn't he? Exactly. He does, man. He just loves hitting people, man. He's just, uh, man, he's, he's just a beast. I love that dude. 
We'll see what he's awesome. like when I mean, we probably won't be around then when he's like 70 because I'm 50. <laughs> But, I right. mean, I would love to see what that dude, I mean, it'd probably be like, you know. It'll be like poor Arch Manning, Archie exactly. Manning. Good Lord, you know, knees shot and just, you know, bend it over like, ah. Yeah. Poor Archie, man. They 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 killed that poor man. Good and Dr. Dave, what's going on, man? Ah, not much, man. Getting ready for Christmas, man. I'm excited, man. We're We're almost there, buddy. We're almost there. You got all your shopping done? Hell no. Come on. I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a single dad. Do you think I got my Christmas shopping done yet? Now, I, I got a good chunk of it, though. I got lucky, man. My, my kid, all right, he ain't going to listen to this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> my, my eight-year-old, like, like he, he wanted this Saints remote-controlled car that, that we saw at, like, uh, TJ Maxx or whatever. So I go back, like, uh, Monday, it was all sold out. I'm like, you got to be crapping me. So I, I went right down the street uh, to like in the same shopping mall in Clearview that has the uh, uh, Marshalls. They have the same stuff. They're owned by the same company. So there was like 20 of the RC trucks. I'm like, yeah, win. <laughs> it's a win. I know. It's a win-win. So, it's yeah. a win. But, uh, well, I'm almost there, though. Well, I'm a married dad, and I still haven't finished mine, so <laughs> it is what it is. That's what the wife is for, man. Uh, she's, like, yeah. she's like, honey, well, I got the guest. You know, go, go don't, back to the look, she lets me know every single day how much shopping she's done and what she's bought. Every single day she lets me know. Is it like George Jetson, just when you're on the way out, you just hand her your wallet? <laughs> No, she makes more money than me. It's not about the money. Oh, sweet. She she just and she oh, doesn't care about right. the, she she writes those dirty smut novels and that's why she's dirty, secretly yes. a romance writer. She's yeah, yeah. Still writing those smut novels. Writing the smut. <laughs> Talking about George and Judy, but a little bit behind the scenes, you know. <clears throat> okay, so George. what are we doing today? Well, let's make some picks in the and the five will get you seven hundred and ninety-two segment. It's five star Friday here. And we're going to jump right into it after we've gone into our long-winded Christmas explanations. All right. I'm not going to – I usually – look, you did better last week um, with okay. me just springing them on you. You went three and three. Uh, hey, so you're right. You're 34 and 38 overall against the spread after <laughs> about four or five lousy weeks. Somebody went five and one last week. I'm not – I think it was me. Um, was it, was it Jeff Duncan? Did Jeff no, Duncan it was do it? Jeff Duncan. Poor Jeff Duncan. I went 8-0 <laughs> in the Carville segment. I had a really good week last week, but this week's starting out crappy because apparently the Chargers don't know that they can kick field goals on fourth down, but that's another story. Oh, no, so, stop that, dude. Look, that game was freaking awesome, and I don't blame the coach for going for it on fourth. You, of you, course look, you don't. Like the, the, the Chiefs were playing lights-out defense, but so were the Chargers. I mean, that was a great game, man. The I mean, Chiefs like, knew how to kick field that. goals when it was fourth down. And guess yeah, what? It no, got them in overtime. A couple. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. But, I mean, look, I, look it, when you're playing a team like the Chiefs, you can't be a pudding. You know, I, I, I look, I, I, I don't fault the coach at all. Uh, look, some, you got to go for stuff like that. You're playing the Chiefs, and, and whether or not people want to crap on the Chiefs or not, they are still a damn good team, man. All right, so Captain Tapioca. you got to play them like they're a good team. All right, Captain Tapioca. Let's get into the picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let it go with that. I'm, and I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to give you your hated teams right off the bat. I'm oh, going to save them God. for later. Oh, Although, right. I don't know. how you, you probably really hate one of these teams. But the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts are hosting the New England Patriots in one of the games of the week, which ha- have, just happens to be on Saturday this week. Indianapolis nice. is a oh two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Bill Belichick. Wow. Uh, look, um, 
I, I've been crapping on Wentz all season, uh, you know, but the way the Patriots are playing right now, the way the Patriots are playing, it's kind of hard to pick against them, even even with the Colts getting points. Uh, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Patriots because well, I the think Colts are not getting fire. points. The Colts oh, are oh, given. Oh, 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 okay, my bad. Uh, well, oh my God. Well, yeah, even more so. So either which way, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Patriots. I mean, not that I, I dislike the Colts anymore. I mean, he's, he's had an okay season. They're doing well, but uh, no, I, I, I think the Patriots that they are they're like men on a mission right now, man. So no, I'm I'm, st- I'm going with the Patriots. I've been saying that I would stop betting against the Patriots, and I just can't help myself. I mean, this line doesn't make any sense to me. Indianapolis should not be favored, which means the lines makers are begging me to take the Patriots, and when they beg me to do something, I do the opposite. Give me the Colts. Minus two and a half. I can't get enough punishment. Bill Belichick keeps pounding me into the field turf, and I keep going for more. Give me Carson Wentz, but really, give me that Colts running game, because I think they are going to be able to run on the Patriots. I'm taking Indy, minus two and a half. The next one, this line's been changing all week long. It started off Tennessee was giving two to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but apparently all the money is on the Steelers. Tennessee and Pittsburgh are a pick em at Heinz Field. Whoa. At Heinz Field? Um, God. You know what? I, I have been riding and dying with the with the Houston Oilers, a.k.a. the Tennessee Titans, all season long. So, you know what? I, I'm not getting off that horse. Uh they, they're, they're a team of destiny. Destiny, Jim Derry. They are a team of destiny. I'm sticking with the Titans. Houston Oilers. <laughs> Houston Oilers. Tennessee Oilers are number one. I'm with you on this one. I, I think, the t- I mean, the Sharps are all over the Steelers this week. And I don't understand what they see because they had a big comeback last week. I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's an outstanding coach. In fact, he's one of the I best agree, coaches yeah. in the NFL. One yeah. of the best coaches in the last 20 years in the NFL. But I don't think they're any good. I just don't. I don't their defense has been playing kind of piss poor. They they gave 200 and some odd yards to Dalvin Cook. And I know the Tennessee Titans don't have Derrick Henry and Yippee. They beat Jacksonville 20 to nothing last week. But I think the Titans are the best team. The Colts are nipping at their heels and they need to win this game. Pittsburgh's not going anywhere. I, I know they're 6-6-1, six, six and one, still got a shot at the division. But I'm with you. I like Tennessee in this one. All right, this here you go. Great, this has been a great season, dude. I mean, it's just it been really a has great season. I mean, it's been it's, unbelievable. It's been yeah. fun all the way around, except this COVID crap needs to go away. But right. that's another story. We we talk about that in, in other segments. We'll keep ours fun. The your favorite team in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, are traveling out to I'll still call it Candlestick, even though it's not Candlestick, uh, <laughs> to play the San Francisco 49ers. Two teams. We love uh, the 49ers are given nine and a half to Matty. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Giving nine to the Falcons. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make wow. it tough on you. I know how much you hate taking Atlanta here. I, 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 I despise that city and team with every fiber of my being. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I love it. Um. This is tough. I was listening to some commentators, generally, that the usual talking heads that were just like, oh, you know, uh, San Francisco is firing on all cylinders, even, you know, just, just, they rattled off the roster just, just talking about how great every player is. Well, you know what? I, I don't agree. And um, as much as I truly despise the Falcons, 
it's just such a waste of talent. I mean, Matty Ice is, is garbage. I mean, noodle arm. But still, they've got a lot of great players on that team. They're just, I don't know. I'm glad that they can't get it together because I never want them to get it together. But just uh, nine points is a lot, J.D. Uh, oh, my God. But they got slaughtered by Tampa, Bra- Tampa Brady. Um, mm, uh, you know what? No. I, oh, God, I think. All right. I'm taking the Falcons. Oh, that hurt. Oh, my God. Are you okay? You need some oh, pain medicine? Oh, one, one. I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Brett Favre uh, might have some pain pills you can take. He might. He might. <laughs> I mean, uh, I know how much that right hurts. behind the Clippers. Right behind his Clippers for his raggedy-ass beard that he refuses to shave. I don't uh, get this line at all. I just don't get I, – I don't understand it. I, I mean, I know Atlanta's I not that either. great, That's, but nine and a half is way too much. I think the Falcons – Go what ahead. It's got to do – it's probably got to do with, with how they got shellacked uh, by, by Tampa. But, yeah, I mean, but they, they, Tampa. Beat, they won last week. They beat Carolina. They beat them actually fairly handily. And San Francisco lost to Seattle two weeks ago and needed overtime. to. I know they beat Cincinnati overtime, but they kind of got lucky to do that. I mean, look – San Francisco's probably the better team, but I don't Agreed. see the Falcons. I, I think the Falcons have a chance to win this straight up, and if, if they don't win it straight up, I do think it's going to be a tight game. I don't get the line at all. I'm taking Atlanta. I'm with you. All right. Your, uh, your favorite Halloween costume, the man bun, uh, and the Green Bay <laughs> Packers are uh, playing the Baltimore Ravens, who we, as we speak, Oof. we don't know if Lamar Jackson's playing or not. I think with the way this this line's been moving, the lines makers don't think Lamar Jackson is playing. Green Bay giving up six and a half. I know it's a lot of points, but I wow. mean, what do we think here? Um, you know, this is this is a team that comes back and squeaks by at the tail end. Uh, sometimes they'll get that 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 touchdown to put it away. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I think it's kind of hard to pick against Green Bay. You know, I've, I've been you know I've been riding old uh, John Wick, you know, man bun uh, all season long. But they've been good. Uh, I, I see no reason, even though you know I picked the Ravens and they're a really good team. Uh, but they're. they're it's getting six. I mean, ugh, man. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Packers. I'm sticking with Man Bun. I think uh, I, I, I don't know what, what this Ravens team looks like without Lamar Jackson. We saw a little bit of it last week, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, tried and true Packers. I don't know that we've had three in a row this season where you and I have been on the same side. But really, here it is. Three in a row on the same side. I just, I agree. I don't think we know. Even if Lamar Jackson plays, how effective is he going to be? Green Bay looks like a team on a mission. They, no team wants the number one seed more than the Green Bay Packers because of the elements at home and what it means to play at Lambeau. So, oh, yeah. They know that they're probably coming down to a fight with either the Rams or Tampa Bay. And no disrespect to the Cardinals. I just don't think they're going to make it to the conference championship game. So, if if you want to say, you know, I just think Green Bay is going to fight harder than anyone. I, I like the Packers here. I think they win. They win big because I think there's too yeah. much uncertainty in Baltimore. All right, the last uh, of the five will get you 967 segment here on Five Star Friday with <laughs> Conductor Dave. Another team you really like. Uh, and if you think back to your childhood, how much we used to the Saints used to play them and. And uh, those ugly blue and yellow uniforms, 
<clears throat> the Los Angeles Rams, the no-call Los Angeles Rams, are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams have some COVID issues, but they had Rams. Rams. Week. Just stop talking Rams. Rams. Okay, Rams. I don't even have to tell you what the spread is. No, uh-uh, Rams. Uh, Seattle is is done. Seattle's done. I'm Rams all the way. I'm done. Yeah. Rams. You mean the, the next Easy. Saints quarter? You're betting against the next Saints quarterback? Shut up. He is, Russell Wilson is not coming to New Orleans. You, you, <clears throat> Why? What is wrong with it. Russell Wilson? Are you kidding? He is me? old and washed up. But no, I don't want fun. Russell Wilson. I got Taysom Hill. Why would I need Russell Wilson? If Get you think Taysom Hill is the future of this team, you were even yes. crazier yes. than I yes. you Yes. Why do you think I'm the Dr. Dave? What do you thought? Yes. That Taysom, train oh is going to fall Russell off Wilson. of a 300 foot cliff in about four Whatever. weeks. Ever. Whatever, such a pie hole. And, he needs and to go Stafford back to being a Swiss Army. And Russell Wilson and, and stupid coach up there in Seattle. No, man, I'm taking a rant. No, no, no. He's going to be Swiss Army knife again next year. I'm going to call you Corkscrew Dave next year. Yeah, whatever. Go Corks. <laughs> Watch it. This stop, is a family stop podcast. I stopped it. I, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm tired of editing. I'm tired of editing. You're you. the one who cursed last week. Yeah, stop that's it. true. It was me <laughs> last week for sure. Oh my God, we're on the same side in four in a row. <laughs> this is disgusting. I am also on the Rams. I don't care if they have COVID issues. I know OBJ is not playing. We don't even know who's playing a receiver. They've got. They don't have a great running game, but and Von Miller's not playing on defense. But I don't care. I still think the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC, and I'm going uh, Rams here minus four. Yeah, they, so were, they were winning before they brought in some of these uh, supposed best pieces that are going to make the push to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, it's nothing shocking that they don't have players. I, I, yeah, no. Rams all the way, buddy. Who needs players when you got uh, Matthew Stafford? Right. And and good luck in, and, and, and a fighting spirit and moxie. I hate that word, moxie. Moxie. More like Swear. it should be spelled M O C K S I mock. I mock thee, sir. Yeah. I mock thee. I mock thee. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. The Lanyard pick this week. The New Orleans Saints are headed southeast to Tampa. Land Shark. To Tampa Bay. Three straight wins in the regular season against this team. And yet somehow the Lions makers are giving the Saints 11 points. Wow, we're getting eleven points. Nice, I like that. Points, you're getting eleven. All right. Points. Oh, well, we're totally gonna win now. We're getting eleven points. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the, the Saints. Uh, look, you know, Alvin Kamara. Oh my God, did he? Was he just phenomenal last week? Oh my God, man. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I, I think. I'm a homer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, I I I, I look through black and gold lenses constantly. But uh, I think this team finally got that win over the the woeful Jets. I mean, this was the epitome of a get right game, and we're still lacking pieces, still injuries, still got COVID issues, all that stuff. Uh, but the season is back on the line. We are in the hunt, man. Good God, if we win this freaking game, uh, I, you know, like I, it, it's huge. Uh, so. I think the Saints are going to come out ready to play. I think uh, we've got Tom Brady's number in the regular season. Uh, so I, 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 I'm taking the Saints. Uh, I think we went out right. So those nine points, that's just what they call laying 11, 11 points. 11. See, 11. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, Kamara touched, ever. Kamara touched the ball more last week than you did when you were 12 years old. 
But up, Jeff. He's here all week, folks. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> um, look, I, I, this is not a good spot for the Saints. Tampa Bay can clinch the Shut division. I, look, I know. You can be like every other Saints fan that's going to throw their phone and stop, say, I'm not listening to this this jerk anymore. He's that means we're going to fight harder. We're going to fight Hate when he picks against him. the Saints. He's Derry Downer. Although I picked you the Saints, are. let's say, one, two, three, four of the last five weeks, I picked the Saints with the spread. Uh, not this week. The Saints are going to get destroyed. Uh, it's not a good week. We're not. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you get to call me out next Wednesday and tell me how wrong I was and Merry effing Christmas and whatever <laughs> I want to say. But um, look, look they, the, the, the keys are if you can, you can keep Gronk covered when, when, when there's start, when, you know, if the pocket holds up, you need to just make sure you cover Gronk, okay? And then if you yeah. get pressure on Tom Brady, then that's it, man. It's a house of cards behind you. Get, you get behind the line on, on Tom Brady. His geriatric ass is on the turf. So, uh, look, I, I think the Saints can put that pressure on him. They, they've proven they can put that pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, you know, Gronk is always the wild card, and he always destroys you when when the plays go too long. You know what I'm saying? When, when, it, when it hits the five- or six-second mark, and Gronk is open, God forbid. You know, that, that's it's all over. I but Here's my problem, though. The Saints are going to be forced to throw the ball. Nothing against your choo-choo train. But who, but who the hell's going to – I mean, they're going to force him to, to throw the ball because Kamara's not going to get 30 touches again. Even if he does, he, no, he's not going to have the same – This isn't yeah. the Jets' defense that he's playing against. Taysom's not going to be able to run the same way. They know how to defend him. So they're going to – they're going to dare him to throw the ball. They're going to put eight men in the box and dare him to throw the ball. And who the hell is he going to throw it to? Traquan and Callaway. Now, now here's the thing. And, and I've been meaning to make this point for a while, though. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but, you know, Taysom plays with, with the second guys. You know, he's always been that guy. He has a better rapport with Traquan and these cats than most of the other quarterbacks. And so that's something that I've always felt – it works in Taysom's favor, you know, missing Mike Thomas and things like that. You know, when, I mean, missing Mike Thomas is god-awful, but he does already have that chemistry built up with these second stringers because that's who he works with. That's who he plays with constantly. So, no, I I, I think if we can get it to Traquan and Traquan can hold the freaking ball, uh, then I think we're good. And, and I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, I'm not – I like – that Taysom can pass and will pass. It's just that stupid mallet finger, man. Oh, and that, that brace. They got to figure out a better way. Holy better way crap, boys that. and girls. I mean, what? listen to me. It is week 15. Conductor Dave just had a lucid, valid handicap. I mean, that, that was actually made sense. I mean, I don't know where it came from. I mean, it had that handicap had nothing to do with jersey colors or or the foods that people hate, or what they're wearing for Halloween, or how many times they had to take a crap last week. I mean, that was actually outstanding handicap, and I am completely shocked. You're welcome. Every now and again, I, you know, I, I, a blind squirrel finds a nut. I mean, it's not enough to make me change my mind and change my pick. But <laughs> Dang it. That, that was an outstanding. I mean, I, you know, you got a point there. I mean, that, that's pretty good. So, anyway, he plays with the second team. He Traquan and Callaway are pretty much second teamers. Yeah, that, yeah. That's who he's throwing to. Jawan Johnson. Uh, yeah. Nick, I mean, Nick Vanette will be out there. 
Right. I mean, but and, and they've always done that, you know, and it's like, I, and so while it's not ideal, uh, there is already chemistry there. There's no having a like, oh, God, you know, that does he? I mean, they all know how he throws. He freaking chunks laser beams and tries to decapitate you with the ball. So, you know, they know that. Kind of like those girls did with with their laser eyes back at you in the day. Oh, uh, decapitate. If, if looks could kill, I'd, I'd, I'd have been dead decades ago. <laughs> Somehow you made it through. Conductor Dave, D squared, Dave DeCorbier, tell him what's on the weekend geek this week. So get this. All right. So I got this uh, actor. His name's Matthew Daddario. He was in Shadow Hunters on Freeform Network, but he's in uh, Why Women Kill on Paramount. And it's funny. The dude looks like old school Billy Zane. Remember Billy Zane from Titanic and that yep. god awful movie, The Phantom? Uh, I don't remember guy, that one. Okay, yeah, but n- nobody does. It's okay. Uh, but the guy, when he's doing this Why Women Kill thing, he's talks like, like, hey, Clark Gables, I've seen at the Brown Derby. You know, that whole you know, 40s weird accent that makes no sense. Uh, so I, I, I talked to him about that. I'm like, look, you need to redo The Phantom because you look like this guy. And it was fun. He's got a new movie out called Wild Game. Uh, weird, but cool. Uh, so I'm talking with him this week. And of course, you know, follow us on Twitter at Twig Radio. I'm at Producer D2. The Instagram is The Weekend Geek. I'm D League D2. And of course, like us on Facebook, The Weekend Geek Radio Show. And of course, download the podcast and click subscribe on the iHeartRadio boom, 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 app. That was the worst accent. I'm not sure what that was. Maybe it's the, the tea that you're drinking that's supposed it's, to be it's coffee. Called, yeah, I got dirty it's like, water. I'm drinking a salt of tea. No, no, no. All right, so it, it's called like the Mid-Atlantic. Remember when like the, the announcers... Like Mid-London. Like, Babe Ruth steps up to the plate. Yeah. Got, well, it's weird Over. because like... Americans were trying to be posh British, and British, you know, is just British, you know, spot a tea. And so it's called the mid or transatlantic accent. That's why they all talk so weird. You know, Clark Gable, we've seen him out there on the on the, the Riviera. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's that's how it goes. Uh, so, yeah. Home run, go. that, Bob that's Hope. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It's been fun. We will, uh, we got one more show before Christmas. We'll talk yes. to you next, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Who that Taysom train? Toot, toot. You're just not going to get him off the Taysom train. It's okay. You know what? I hope he's right. Again, I hope he's right. I hope, I hope what Conductor Dave says is spot on. I hope I get to come on this show Monday with Jeff Duncan and say, I was wrong. I just don't see it. I mean, I picked him last time. So it's not like I'm just picking against them when they play Tampa Bay. I just don't see it. I, I, this is, a again, a spot where Tampa Bay is They're going to want to finish the Saints off. Four years in a row, NFC South champs. If there's any miraculous hope at five, they got to win here. Then they need a whole lot of help to win the division. So that's not happening even if they win. But if the Saints do find a way to win... They're in prime, prime spot for the playoffs. They're, they'd be, they'd put themselves, they'd go from probably being, I'd say they're probably 20% right now to being well over 50% if they win this one. Again, I hope I'm wrong. We know what Uncle Big Nick thinks. He's not a Saints fan at all. So we do get into it a little bit, but really it's more about our picks. Uncle Big Nick goes back to picking mostly college games. Again, the bowl season has begun. Let's see what he thinks. 
And let's see what my five-star picks are. Some of them are the same as the ones you've already heard, but I go into a little explanation about them. I was 4-1 last week. Let's see if we can do that or better this week. You know, I keep telling people, man, this Uncle Big Nick knows how to pick them. The only thing you know to pick is your nose. You can't even get well, fantasy had, football right. Yeah, you're right about that. Your head gets any bigger, they go fit on the screen, though. <laughs> What's a good thing? This is uh, audio only. It's only you. Yeah, exactly. Um, last week, uh, I turned things around. See, I told you if we just changed the format a little bit, it would work out to my advantage. Um, no more. Like you needed any more advantages. No more picking favorites and underdogs and teasers and parlays. Just pick whatever the hell we want. Pick. I make our five best picks. I was four and one last week. I got ten points. You went two and three. The good news is you did get six points. So standings right now, uh, I'm at seventy points overall. You're at fifty eight points. Um, you're the bad. Best. The bad news is I can't catch up because there's no more parlays for double points. No. Well, I mean, we'll still give you a chance to, to, to catch up. Your best pick, though, I will say, and of course it was one I liked, and it involved your favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. They, they hit the over 48.5 for your four-star, but I think they needed to go into overtime to hit it. They needed to go into overtime. They needed Cincinnati, Cincinnati to kick a field goal. Field goal. <laughs> they needed them to score a touchdown to go by over by uh, .5. Yes. Well, it was about uh, as lucky as that Brown, that Baltimore win you had. Uh, see, speaking of that, my best win last week was the Baltimore Ravens. Had it all along, plus two and a half over the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. I had it all along, baby. I had a chance yeah, to win that money line. Hey, see, you, you and I had an interesting text discussion last week about what is exactly involved in luck. Now, I will say this. I will say that I had some good fortune last week. But um, the only thing I think I really got lucky on was getting the Tampa Bay pick minus three and a half. That was kind of lucky where Rashad Perriman catches the ball and runs up the right sideline and scores a touchdown because if he gets tackled anywhere inside the 25-yard line, they're going to kick a field goal and win the game. So that was luck. But I just had good fortune. How does, how does Buffalo put a linebacker on Perryman in that situation? I have no idea. That was, that was ridiculous. I mean, like Brady's not going to find that mismatch. I hope the Saints don't put Demario Davis on Mike Evans this week. I don't think it's going to matter. No, I probably won't. But, uh, you know, look, all my good fortune from last week came crashing down last night. You know, I had the Chargers money line and in uh, in the spread. They're winning the whole game. But for some reason, that coach doesn't understand that on fourth down, you can kick field goals. It's allowed. If you kick a field goal, on any of those possessions that you just gave the ball away, they it's a different game. It's a completely different game. I don't think I think the Chargers win easily. If they kick a field goal, yeah, no doubt. if it's fourth I mean, look, I get it if it's fourth and goal at like the one or you got fourth and one at the twenty one or something like that. But you got fourth and four. Okay. No, one of them was fourth and goal at the five. Kick the damn field goal. I don't understand. Kick the what is this analytics thing is is completely out of control now. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, Urban Meyer could have made them field goals. I heard he kicks good. Well, he might want to start trying to figure out. I know he, yeah, he could kick Josh Lambeau. <laughs> Uh, yeah. he, he he can't he can't kick much else because he's uh he ain't kicking anything now. And you think anybody's gonna hire that dude again? I mean, we're getting off on a tangent. Here. He's gonna be pitch that. No, he's he's gonna be a commentator for the rest of his life, probably. Somebody wants that dude to be a commentator after all the crap that he's done. Yeah, they they say they say he's already got offers. Well, let me let me figure. To be, you know, a pregame he, show. Go back to Fox. Yeah, go figure. I'm sure. Um, I mean, these pregame shows I mean, I know are he already hard enough. He's probably hurting for money. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he he got what probably some kind of ten million dollars signing bonus, and then they got to pay. Uh, I don't think they have to pay his wholesale. They got to pay a big chunk of it. Yeah, but these owners are so rich; they just write a check now. Here, go That's ahead, true. go away. You know, they were saying something. Uh, you know, I didn't even realize this, but uh, you know, Jags are a, a billion dollar company. So, what's a few million get you out of my hair? Get out yeah. of here. That's why it's so easy to fire coaches now. I mean, you used to have car dealership owners owning football teams. Now it's billionaires. Might, so coaches, be. I mean, dime a dozen, you know? Must be nice. Must be. When you, yeah. when you and I are going to make that kind of money? <laughs> Not on this podcast. <laughs> you never know, man. The right advertiser comes along and says, that, that, that Uncle Big Nick, he's going five in a row, like five weeks in a row. When are you going to, you need to go five and oh, like five weeks in a row. Maybe we'll get rich. I mean, it's huh. it's Christmas. you got a better chance of doing that than me. Uh, there's no doubt. Let's get Most into the pick. Most seasons upon us, so I might be able to do it. All right, we'll see what happens here. Uncle Big Nick on the show here again on a five star Friday. You know, this is our last five star Friday for a while because I, I never told you this. I'm springing this on you on the, on on the lamb here, but uh, we're going to be doing Wednesdays the next couple of weeks because I'm not doing Friday shows, Christmas and uh, and New Year's. So. Oh, okay. So we'll have to you'll have to figure out your schedule, uh, and we'll have to make it work. All right, so there'll be five star Wednesday the next two weeks. All right, let's uh, get right into it. Oh, not right into it because we already wasted about ten minutes. But uh, your one star pick this week, talking about bowl games. Now, look, I'm expecting you to do well during these bowl games. I don't care if you beat me. You can go ahead and text me and say, "Oh, I got my five star, I got my four star, whatever you want." Um, but your one star this week is the Eye Bowl, UAB. Plus seven over BYU. Before you tell me your handicap, well, you know what scares me about this? Is everybody I know, and I'm not joking, everybody, including me, everybody I know that like either does this a lot or does it for a living has picked UAB this week, except for Devin Jackson. And it scares oh, the hell wonderful. out of me. Exactly. It scares the hell out of me because like <laughs> All these people talking about how BYU's not motivated, and they're right. And I, I fell for the trap. I hope I got. I'm starting to get a feeling BYU's going to win by 30 now because all these people BYU's unmotivated. But what's your handicap? I mean, BYU went 10 and two this year, and a reward is the Independence Bowl. I mean, even players on BYU's team is tweeting out how how mad they are to go to Shreveport. So, I mean, I just don't see motivation. UAB just, I don't know. I just think they keep it close. But it's my one star because BYU could win by 30. Yeah, they really they, could. They come out motivated. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say it about 30 times. Of, I mean, by the time you're on this show, you're actually the first person I'm interviewing today. But you're, the, you're last on the show because I like to save 
save you for last because people like to, you know, they, they like to get themselves prepared for Uncle Big Nick mentally. Um, yeah. But but I'll say this a bunch of times in our bowl. We have our bowl pick them on uh, bet.nola.com that everybody should check out. And uh, I think we, like I said, Spencer picked BYU, but like for a little bit. We're all, we have a thousand fake dollars. And and Zach and I both picked UAB, and the people that you and I listen to regularly all picked UAB. Everybody's picking UAB, so that's what scares me. That's why this I, I would be this would be a this would be a good game to watch and laugh bet because if BYU yeah, 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 shows yeah. up and it looks like they're gonna play good, then that's you a good laugh idea. at it. And that's a great can, idea. If it looks like BYU, I come up with a good one every now and then. Every now and then, that, in fact, that's a better. You know, I'm, I might even give you credit for one star if, if BYU scores 14 in the first quarter, and I get BYU at minus 21 and they win by 40. I might give yeah. you credit. We'll have to see how that works out. All right, my one star. You know, <clears throat> we don't have to do teasers and parlays anymore, but I did a couple teasers, and uh, my one star and my five star are both teasers. My one star is the Big Apple teaser. The Jets and the Giants are getting way too many points. I know they're the Jets and the Giants, but Jets are getting 16 with the teaser. Giants are getting 16 and a half. I mean, why not? Let the Big Apple have a little fun for Christmas. Yeah, big neck, Mike Lennon, you know, for the Giants. might yeah. keep it close against the Cowboys. I think the Jets win this week. You think they win straight up? I don't up? know why. Yeah. It's something to do with Miami's defense. And if you see Miami's defense twice a year, you normally play better against them. Yeah. Like your divisional opponents play better against Miami's defense than non-divisional opponents because they don't see it every year. So I, I don't know. I just think I got I'm a weird feeling the about them too. To be, I got a weird feeling about Miami too. Um, but I don't like two of still. I as you know, what happens if they do lose this week? Do they then play the Saints with more or less fervor? I don't know. We'll get into that next week, I guess. Anyway, that's my one star. Jets and Giants teaser. Again, uh, getting 16 and 16 and a half, respectively. Oh, I like that one. Your two-star pick is the Myrtle Beach Bowl. This, look, there's too many there's too many damn bowls. I mean, it's it's really stupid. The fact that Old Dominion... The names of the bowl games is, is hilarious. I, well, I mean, I guess so. The, I mean, but the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I mean, really, the Old Dominion and Tulsa really belong in a bowl. If we're at the point where Old Dominion and Tulsa are in a bowl game, they both won six and six. Which one of them was it? Was it Old Dominion that... No, it was Tulsa that lost like that last five games or something like that. Was it Tulsa? One of them lost yeah, like that and- five oh. games. Old Dominion won their last five. Okay, that's what it was. Make it to Old six Domin- and six. There you go. They were one and six at one point in the season, yeah. and, and and they won and five won games. Won their last in a row. five. That's insane. No team that starts out one and six should be in a bowl game. I don't care what you do. Anyway, you your two star pick is Old Dominion plus nine and a half over Tulsa. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game, so I like to all right have all on points, and I mean. Oh, the menu you talked about it. They went one and eleven in 2019. They didn't play in 2020. Started one and six. Now they six and six and make a bowl. You think they're not going to be excited to play in a bowl game, even though it's a meaningless bowl? But they're still going to be pumped up to play in this game. And I don't know what Tulsa is going to be playing for, but uh, they're going to be playing for Myrtle Beach. But you get a flower if you win that. Does everybody get my- Myrtles? Crate Myrtles. 
I would love to know what the swag bag is for that game. Yeah, it's not much. Trust me. All right, my two-star pick. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a really weird one out coming up in a minute. Um, and I did this at the book, too. So we'll explain it when I get to my five-star pick. So I'll just throw it out there. The two-star pick, which I'm 1-7-1 and one on this year. I have really good records with all my other picks. But my two-star has been 1-7-1, and one, really bad. Colts minus two and a half over the Patriots. This is another one that, I, look, I know you and I have had our thing, and I've been stubborn about New England. And I was determined after New England beat Buffalo, and they got their bye week coming up, and I didn't know their schedule coming up. I said, I knew they played Buffalo like the week after whoever they played this week. And I said, I don't care who New England plays next week after their bye, I'm taking New England. And then I looked and I said, it's the Colts who also had a bye, who also need, in fact, the Colts need this game way more than New England does. The spread makes no sense to me. It should be a pick em. So they're begging me. The lines makers are absolutely begging me to take New England. I'm not falling for it. Uh, whenever they're begging me to take somebody, I'm going to take the other team. I'm taking the Colts. Go ahead and tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Because Belichick's going to stop Jonathan Taylor, and you're going to be relying on Carson Wentz to beat the Patriots' defense. I don't see how they stop Taylor. They haven't stopped. They had, that's one thing they haven't done. They haven't really stopped the run this year. That's why I like Indi- uh, Indianapolis here. I mean, you got two weeks to prepare. I don't really think they're begging you to take the Colts at only 2.5. I mean, they got to win by a field goal. Well, they're telling me that on a neutral site that this game would be either pick them or Colts, like, minus a half a point. So you're telling me that the AFC East-leading Patriots – and Bill number Belichick, one seed. the number one seed at the moment. No, the Chiefs took over the one seed last night. Oh yeah, you're right. But anyway, the one seed before last night. You tell. I mean, this is a, this is a stupid line. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it should be. It it certainly should be a pick'em game. And you know as well as I do when lines don't make sense, you take the you take the side that it doesn't make sense to take. Oh, you eight definitely times do. out of ten. I'm not. I'm not doing it, but you can. Okay. Well, we'll get to why it's it's a really weird pick in a little bit. Your three star pick is, and you got an NFL pick here. You got the Bengals money line at plus one thirty over the Broncos. Here's another one where I don't know. Maybe this is a square pick. I don't know. Um, because, oh, it is. It's totally square. Uh, everybody, you know, I think Ann Mabel's on the Bengals here, but I am too. So I don't know. Bengals. Why do you like the Bengals the, on the road against Denver? I mean, sometimes the public wins. I mean, it happens. I, I, I just think the Bengals ago, they are won almost team. everything. Yeah, I just think the Bengals are a better team. And I mean, you had the horrible death of Demarius Thomas last week, and Denver's coming off the, all that emotion that they put into that game last week for him. Now they got to get up again for Cincy. I just think Cincy's the better team here. It, it can win this game. Well, I agree with you for what it's worth. Um, I definitely I took Cincinnati in my Cincinnati in my picks and um, in my NFL picks column, and you'll see coming up here I got them partially uh, coming up in a few picks from now. Um, you say partially? Uh, I'm not going to let you in on the secret just yet, but I like this pick. Um, I do. I don't know if I would make it a three star, making a money line pick, but I agree. If you look at Denver and who they beat, they've really they haven't beat. 
very many good teams. I think their first three victories were against teams that started out 0 and 9. So they're after week three, they were three and zero, and all three teams they played were zero and three. So, and now they're they're at what uh, seven and six. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't give Teddy two gloves very much love. We'll see what happens there. My three star pick. Well, I made this pick before all before all the extra COVID stuff happened. But you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change it. I know the Browns are down to Nick Mullins at quarterback, uh, but. And I, the line now, I have to go back, back and look. With, the line for the for this for the purposes of this show is going to be Browns plus one over Raiders. But I think it's it's like I think it's like plus four now. It's it started out at Browns minus five or six, and it's been like a seven or ten points. It's three and a Vegas three, Vegas okay. minus three and a half right all, now. All right, so it's 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 changed ten points because of all the COVID news. I'm going to say this about the Browns. The Browns have been one of the most unpredictable teams throughout the season. Um, but they found, they found ways to win. Like when Nick Chubb was out and Kareem Hunt was gone, they were using Dearness Johnson, and everybody said they don't have Nick Chubb and they don't have Kareem Hunt. And Baker stinks. I, I'm, losing Baker Mayfield is no loss. I mean, I, I, he's just not. No, I and love I, this when Baker was out and Keenum was playing. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, and I get that part too, but I something tells me, and I think everybody's going to be all over the Raiders this week because of the COVID stuff. Look, as we speak right here, and they're going to have to make a decision. They're, I guess by now they've they've decided they're going to stick with the game. I thought they were going to postpone it, but they haven't. As of we were recording this at eight something, eight fifty right now in the morning. But I. I just something just tells me the Browns are going to find a way to win, and just like the Rams last week, and I know it wasn't this bad, the Rams found a way to win last week with all their COVID issues. I think people overblow this too much, and I think Stefanski's not going to be there either. That hurts too, but I don't know. I'm just, I just think the Browns are going to win this game, and uh, I probably shouldn't have made it my three star. Should have probably made it my one star, but I don't know. What do you think? I think the I think Vegas is done. I think Vegas didn't give Me up on too. the season. This is as much about I mean, I, I Vegas as I do as is for yeah. Cleveland. How do you how do you come out and dance on KC's logo last week and get your I, I ass mean, really? Done. Yeah, yeah, thirty five nothing at halftime. I mean, here you go. I, no, it's thirty five to three. Sense. They kicked the meaningless field goal. Oh, oh, whatever. So and the only just, reason why I remember that is because Bobby Aber, you uh, once the Saints were losing at halftime, thirty-five to three, and all I could think, whenever I see that score, this was sixteen years ago, and all I can think of, whenever I see that score, all I think of is Bobby Aber going thirty-five to three, thirty-five to three. Are you kidding me? Thirty-five <laughs> to three. So that's how I knew it was thirty-five to three. Anyway, but uh, I agree with you. I, this is as much against the Raiders. I just think the Browns are going to come out and play well. So we'll see. But I, I don't think the Raiders have any much to play for at this moment. They're getting they're getting pounded. Your four star, yeah. Your four star. Oh, we got a little, we got a little uh, counter counter action here. Your four star, my four four star, the same teams, just not the same pick. You got the 49ers minus nine and a half over the Falcons. I got the Falcons plus nine and a half over the 49ers. I'll let you go first. You know I love this pick because I've I haven't picked the 49ers all year in this and I, the Falcons they just don't they lose the good teams 
They've been outscored by 127 points playing against teams with winning records. Let me give you a list of the teams they've beaten. Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Saints, Jags, and Carolina. That That's a lineup there of, of wins. So when they play whoever they play next week, you can still say they haven't beat anybody good because they will have beaten the 49ers, and you'll, and you'll say, may add on to that list. They haven't beaten anybody that's over 500 because the 49ers won't be over 500 when they lose this game. You actually think they're going to lose this game? I think the Falcons are going to win straight up. Wow. We might have to make a side bet on this. Oh, you know, you're going to have to give me odds. You don't know. I don't fall for the same kind of crap that you fall for. All right. My logic logic is this. You're a lot smarter. My logic is this. The Falcons, I completely misread the Falcons. I think just by only watching them for a couple games, and I had to go dig into the Falcons' numbers. I thought the Falcons' O-line was terrible. And, And actually, I still think they're not good. Okay, but so I, I thought old, decrepit Matt Ryan was just getting pounded on. But if you look at their victories, he has been protected well. He's only been sacked four times in the last five Falcons victories. And this ain't gonna be a victory. Well, I mean, if he gets sacked in the first quarter, maybe I'll go bet a live line and and even out my pick. I don't know, but I, I think that the Falcons can. I think you talk about how bad the Niners secondary is. They're not healthy still. In fact, they didn't they have another injury last week in the secondary? Yeah, but I don't think Matt Ryan's gonna have time to throw the ball. And I don't think they're gonna stop the 49ers offense. Who's gonna stop Cordero Patterson? Because he's been one of the better running backs, whatever the hell he is, in the league. They've been he's been able to run. Okay, well. Put it this way. I like the Falcons to win. I don't love that. I'm. I don't know that I'm gonna. First of all, I don't. I'm not gonna bet the money line because I'm. That's just a little bit too too far. But nine and a half is a lot of points. I mean, and it's going up. How, can, how do you pick Carolina with scammy Cammy to beat Atlanta wrong. last week, and then you're picking them to beat San Francisco this yeah. week? Because I'm your analysis man- last week. With Carolina, you right. should be using this week. I just told San you. Francisco's line. I just told you because <laughs> last week, Carolina actually rushes the quarterback pretty well. But what I didn't factor in enough to Carolina is they don't give a damn. I mean, they they just don't give a damn. No. Carolina, I didn't factor that in. That that's why that was a bad pick last week. They, I didn't realize how much they didn't care. And I and I didn't. That was one also, of the few things I got right last week. Yeah, and I also didn't know that I didn't know uh, Scammy Cammy's numbers that he had lost his last ten starts. Well, nine before last week. He had lost his eleven last, now. It's eleven. Oh, it's eleven now. So it was ten before last week. Yeah, he's lost eleven in yeah. a row as the Carolina Panthers starter. That's pretty sad. Yeah. And they paid him like eight million dollars or something to come mop up. Now they're talking about maybe putting Sam Darnold back in. That's how bad it is. So anyway, he's back though. He's well, back. I was wrong on that analysis, and I may be wrong here too, but I just think nine and a half points, giving Atlanta nine and a half points. They played decent against even like Tampa Bay. They played decent in both matchups against Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay won both games against the spread, but they needed weird things to happen in the end to cover. So I just think Atlanta's better than people give them credit for, um, and I think it's going to be an interesting game. All right, five-star Friday. Here, here's your five-star pick, and uh, I like it. The Boca Raton Bowl. I don't like the Boca Raton Bowl. 
But the Boca Raton Bowl on Saturday is Western Kentucky and App State, and their over is 68. And I will say this, in college football, not so much in the NFL, but in college football, when I see super high totals, I usually like the over. And I like the over here, and that's your five-star pick. This is really not a high total for college football either. Um, it's pretty high, 68. App State, yeah, it is, but not for college. Uh, App State runs the ball well. Western Kentucky can't stop the run. Um, I've been riding Western Kentucky overs all year, and they like hitting at like 74% or something like that. So this is my last time to be able to use this to my advantage this year. So I'm just going to take it. I think right. it's down to 66 now, too, which is crazy. Is it really? So people are betting on yeah. the run. Okay, I got App yeah. State's sheet up here. They have been over. They, they're one, two, three, four. Their first five games were over. Then they were under three in a row. And then they were over in four of their last five. So, yeah. I mean, if you bet the over on every Western Kentucky game, you've done pretty well. The problem is App State. Yeah. App State has been under for the last five. And seven of the last uh, nine. So, that could seven of the last, yeah, seven of the last nine. So, I don't know, but I I, I like it too. I, I think I think it goes over as well. I all right, my five star pick, and here we go with the conflict. Remember the two star pick? I told you Colts minus two and a half over Patriots. Zach Ewing gave me a lot of grief for this. My teaser this week is my five star, my number one teaser. Bengals at eight and a half plus eight and a half. We already talked about that, so I know you like that pick. But then I've got the Patriots plus eight and a half. And I know you like that pick, but you probably don't like me taking the Patriots and then playing the taking the Colts. I think this is going to be a close game. And I think the Colts will win, but I don't think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. Um, so I'm, ta- I'm kind of taking both sides here. And I think they're both going to hit. If you would have taken last night, if you'd have taken Kansas City, uh, with the spread and taking the Chargers on a teaser, you'd have won. Um, so I, I think that's going to, a similar thing's going to happen here. I think it's going to be one of those fun, crazy games that the Colts win by a field goal or something, or four points, or something along those lines. And I'm going to get both of these covers. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous that you're using this to your advantage. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter how you win, right? Right, I mean, you're guaranteed to win one of them, right? Well, not There's necessarily. No I mean, the Bengals don't. Both of them. Yeah, I could. If the Bengals don't uh, cover their half of the teaser and the and the Colts win by two, then I lose. Both of them. Well, uh, I can't see that happening. But... Me neither. So, you know, we're going to make some money for the peeps. If you can use two teasers, I should be able to use a parlay to get double points. You can use a parlay. You just can't get double points. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm in the Christmas spirit. Next week, I'll give you one parlay and give you double points if you hit it. But you can't okay. put it in a five-star. You can't. It's got to be four-star or less. All right. Just so you know it's going to be in my four-star. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, Uncle Big Nick. We will talk to you next Wednesday. Do you, buy, you got all your Christmas shopping done? Oh, yeah, that's all done under the tree. Good to go. Hey, who do you think you're going to roll your eyes more at today, Zach Ewing or me? What's the over-under on that? Um, Both pretty high. 
Um, I give Zach a lot of grief. But I told him last night, you know, I've only known Zach Ewing for four months. And uh, I told him last night, even though I've only known him for four months, he's like my little brother who pokes me with a stick while I'm eating my lunch. And I could pound the hell out of him, but then my mama would pound the hell out of me. So you have to pick and pick and choose your battles. So probably Zach, but uh, it's close. Yeah, it's really close. All right, we'll wrap at you next week. All right, man. Well, Uncle Big Nick, he's going to turn around this week, right? That is going to just about wrap it up for episode 36. I'm not sure what else we could put in the episode. Two hours. This is only the second time, I think, in 36 episodes we've gone two hours. So that's plenty long enough. Monday's show is going to be much shorter. Just going to give you a heads up. Again, program a note. Monday we'll have Jeff Duncan on. That'll probably be about a 45-minute show. We will, uh, I will give my Derry's dime. And then Dunk will give his thoughts on... Um, the game, and that'll be about it. And then on Wednesday, um, we will have probably a, a much shorter show than today. We'll have just it'll probably be just Conductor Dave and Uncle Big Nick, and we'll preview Saints and Dolphin. No, I guess we won't have to preview because we'll have it the Monday after that. Uh, but we will talk about the week coming up in the NFL and where the college bowls happen to be. Again, lastly, before I go off the air, reminder. And I've said this a few times now, but go check out those the bull pick'em guide we've done on bet.nola.com. We spent a lot of time on that, um, and, I, and we have done a lot of research. And it was interesting to see how many of those picks were the same because we had a lot of picks the same, and none of us read anybody else's uh, handicap or anything. Just goes to show that when we put a lot of time, I think if you put a lot of time in, you might come in with the same uh, thoughts process that, that we came into. But it was fun doing it. Check it out, and um, look, and uh, go out and finish your Christmas shopping. Uh, if you're like me, I know I'm going to be finished by Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm taking some time next weekend, and the reason why we're doing just Monday and Wednesday is I need a break, and I'm sure you do too. And um, we, we have time to talk before Christmas next week, but go finish that shopping, and uh, next week we can just have a little fun and enjoy some football and enjoy the family. But... Um, we will see you on Monday with Jeff Duncan. Enjoy your football weekend and give Grandma a hug for me, all right? Peace and love, my friends. Now we're all so proud of Grandpa. He's been taking this so well. See him in there watching football, drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mal. It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gifts or send them back? Send them back! Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve